welcome to Let Your Sparkle Shine Brightly podcast. When we gather in, we're gathering in to fellowship. We're gathering in to take prayer requests, to get into the word, the gospel of peace. We are here to gather in to exalt the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And as we meet, as you come in and check and see what we're up to, we will get to share testimony of God's glory in our lives and in others' lives to encourage one another and to lift one another up in time of need. So we thank you for joining us at this Let Your Sparkle Shine Brightly broadcast, and we hope to see you again soon. Blessings and shalom to you. God bless you, everyone. Today we're going to be reading about a corporate anointing, and the whole podcast is going to be about this corporate anointing. And as you're listening in to this about a corporate anointing, feel free to pause and pray as um, the scriptures are being read and hear, and pray for this corporate anointing for the body of Christ. So let's get started here. The corporate anointing. I'm thoroughly convinced, although you may never prove or disapprove it by the Bible, that we as a people of Christ as a whole have the same measure of the Holy Spirit that Jesus did, but we as individuals of the body of Christ do not. The greatest anointing of all is the corporate anointing, Let us look at the scriptures in the Old Testament as the Old Testament is full of types and shadows for us. In 2 Chronicles 5, we learn how the temple of God was dedicated. And we'll be reading verses 11 through 14 in 2 Chronicles 5. And it came to pass that when the priests were come out of the holy place for all the priests that were present were sanctified, and did not wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, and Jebethan, which were the sons and their brothers, being portrayed in white linen, and having cymbals, and psalm trees, and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. It came to pass that the trumpeteers and the singers were as one, to make one sound be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and an instrument of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. 
so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. So when the temple was dedicated, the building was filled with a literal cloud. The cloud was the glory of God, and although the Old Testament, all through it, the glory of God appeared often as a cloud, and it filled the house. We, we read in the New Testament that the glory of God is the Spirit of God. Romans 6 tells us Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Romans 8.11 tells us if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells within you, it says that He was raised by the glory of the Father. The Bible calls the glory of the Father the Spirit. So that's the Holy Spirit. We call it the anointing. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And that's what he said in Luke 4.18. The temple of God in the Old Testament was a man-made building. But God God no longer dwells in an earth-made or man-made building. He dwells within us. Hebrews 3, 6 says, It tells us the difference between the house of God in the Old Testament and the house of God in the New Testament. Because Christ, as the Son over His house, whose house are we, and we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm until the end. The whole church, collectively, is God's temple. So, we even can even think about like think about the scriptures that are in Peter in the book of Peter where it talks about we're lively stones um, and Christ being the chief cornerstone it says that in I think Psalms either 118 or Psalms 18 one or the other talks about Christ being the chief cornerstone and there's more places in the Bible that it talks about Christ being the chief cornerstone, but it helps us to visualize that Christ being the light, the source, the chief cornerstone, and if we're just uh, lively stones in that house, then Christ shines through us because we're we're um, we're part of His house, but He's the chief. So notice the First Timothy scripture three fifteen. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. So Christ is the foundation. We have to always remember, he is the foundation. He's the builder. He's the strength. He's not talking about the building. He's talking about the church here. The church of the living God is the house of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not, ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? And in the Old Testament, Solomon's temple was called the house of God three times. But now we are, we are the house of God. And the Amplified Bible says, Do you not discern and understand that the whole church of Corinth are God's temple, his sanctuary, that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you to be a home in you collectively? 
as a church and also individually, and that's, of course, just the re a different version uh, of translation of 1 Corinthians 3.16. You see, there is the individual anointing within us because that spirit, that anointing that is in us, but there's also that corporate anointing. We're conscious of his presence and in the midst so many times, but why doesn't he manifest himself more often? And I also want to remind you in Matthew, I think it's 13, I'm sorry, Matthew 25, I apologize, Matthew 25, it talks about the virgins, the wise virgins and the unwise virgins. And that oil being the presence of the Holy Spirit, that we would be filled to the brim, like it says in Psalms 23, that he anointeth our head with oil, our cup overfloweth, our heart overfloweth, that that container that holds the Holy Spirit, our very soul and spirit, that that would overflow. And so we began to start to see God uncovering that parable and why uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is so important. Think about um, one lamp of a virgin opposed to seven lamps of a virgin or 10 lamps of a virgin or 12 or 20. And so the more light, the, you know, the more virgins with their lamps full with oil and their light being lit, the brighter it is. So we can see that this individual anointing within us because of the spirit, it is the corporate anointing when we come together. We're conscious of his presence in the midst of so many other times, but why doesn't he manifest himself more often? So let's go back to the Old Testament to see what was done to bring forth this visible, the visible manifestation of God's glory. So we're going to 2 Corinthians 5.13. It tells us that the singers and those playing the instruments, becoming as one, singing praises unto God, saying, For it is good, for his mercy endureth forever, which is also in Psalms 117, his mercy endureth forever. It's an invitation for all nations and peoples to praise God. It's through two scriptures, and it would be a great um, Psalms to go read. Then the cloud came in and filled the building so that the priests could not even stand to minister. There's something about the corporate praise that God that brings forth this manifestation of his glory. The Pentecostals saw it early, but the modern day charismatics don't know much about it. Oh yes, we praise God, we clap our hands, and that's scriptural. But God wants to teach us something about the Holy Spirit, so we'll enter into the fullness of the manifestation of what he has for us. This corporate anointing is much greater than the individual anointing. And just to kind of bring to your remembrance, look at the way that our society has been. The enemy has been sowing seeds of discord, divide, offense, and we're having a hard time even getting together with our brothers and sisters because of differences of opinion. When in Jude, it warns us, those that crept in unaware, 
don't compromise your most holy faith. And so that, those that crept in unaware, is a spiritual thing too. We can't allow spiritual wickedness to keep us from our brothers and sisters and just praising God, just praying to God. God will work out the details. He's raised up teachers and people um, that help in refining God's people. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us, lead us, guide us, and refine us and purify us. We have to let go and trust God that he is going to help people to work through these um, these things that so easily distract us, these doctrinal differences. We have to be focused on being in one mind, one accord, in one spirit, in one name, and that's in the name of Jesus, and let God be God. So there's something about this corporate anointing that we cannot um, we cannot miss. Yes, we praise God, we clap our hands, and He wants to give us a much greater anointing than an individual anointing as we come together. Let's look at some scriptures in the New Testament that parallel these Old Testament so that we can put this in perspective, so it will help us. And they, continuing daily, with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from the house to house, did eat with did eat their meat with gladness and singing of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And this is Acts 2, verse 46 and 47. There are three things that we note about these two verses. First is to be in one accord. And second is to be glad and to be praising God. In Acts 4, Peter and John were commanded to preach and teach no more. And we're going to be reading verse 23 and 24. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them, And when they heard that, they were lifted up their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. So there we have one accord business again, this plural of them lifting up their voices. We have uh, a record of prayer uh, that they prayed. And now we know that they didn't say the same words, but the Holy Spirit is the one that's inspiring Luke to write. And he is giving us what God heard. And so this understanding and, and revelation and vision of what a corporate anointing is for the church is vital, very vital. It's vital for the end times. It's vital for unity and harmony through Christ Jesus. So let's let's pray. Oh, Abba Father, we thank you. We thank you for your scripture that says in Psalms 133 that says that that the. Uh, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity and harmony together. 
Lord, and that that is like the dew on Mount Hermon, and it's like the um, the oil of consecration going down the beard of Aaron, Lord. Oh, we as a people in your um, body and in your church and your house, oh God, and in your kingdom across this world, Lord, we want to be in one mind and one accord with your kingdom. Lord, I ask and pray that you would break down obstacles, barriers, distractions, hindrances. Oh God, we ask that those things be removed and dissolved and demolished. In the name of Jesus, that you would break off any mindsets, any misunderstandings. Oh God, that you would bring healing and repentance within the body of Christ around the world, Lord. That we want to put aside our differences, put aside our discrepancies against one another that we forgive those that trespass against us God that not one of us is perfect we all fall short of the glory we all need your mercy and grace Lord Lord we only go through one door and that is the door of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and we only get led to that door by one spirit which is the Holy Spirit oh God And we only enter into the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies by one high priest, and that is Christ Jesus of Nazareth. Oh God, and we only pay homage and praise to one God, and that is you, Abba Father. Lord, we are one in you, and you are one in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh God, please help us to see the call right now to gather your people from all four corners. Lord, that we would loose, we loose the angels with our authority to pray that your will be done. We surrender and we thank you that your will be done. We surrender our will and we claim your will as our own. Lord, we just want to be your obedient children. We will trust and obey. Lord, we thank you for this way to pray for the blood of Christ that covers us. We thank you for the for the Holy Spirit that indwells in us. We thank you for the cloud of smoke that fills the house, O oh Lord. And we await for the glory to shine through and upon us, O oh God, and upon our faces. In Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Amen. We're back with the second part of this uh, corporate anointing. And we had just read um, Acts 4, 23 through 24. I'm going to go ahead and read that again. And they let go and they went to their own company. And they all reported all the chief priests and elders had said unto them, And they heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. So they lifted up their voices. Notice that they did this in one accord. 
the first thing they said was, Lord, thou art God, in verse 24. And they were magnifying him, and they prayed, and, and the place was shaken. That prayer brought forth a manifestation of God's glory, of God's power, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit power. That place was shaken. Not just the people, the house shook. Some people get excited because the Holy Spirit moves on people and then they shake sometimes, even fall under the power. But wait until the building starts shaking. (laughs) That place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. And in chapter 16 of Acts, Paul and Cyrus, they had been beaten Uh, Their backs were bleeding, and they were thrust into the innermost prison. Their feet were in stocks, and at midnight, what did they do? They prayed. Paul and Silas prayed, and a lot of people have prayed and prayed and prayed. And I've seen people go down praying because you need to pray, and I mean, all kinds of things happen. Paul and Cyrus just didn't pray. They prayed and they praised. They sang praises to God and they were doing it out loud because all the prisoners heard them. Remember what it says in Psalms 22.3? It says that God inhabits the praises of Israel. And the same God now that he, he 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 is the same God now that he was then. And he has not changed at all. God came down and he inhabited the praises of Paul and Cyrus and he shook that old jailhouse. Every door flew open and the stocks fell out of their feet and it says in Acts 16, 26, and suddenly, I'm going to say that again, and suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors were opened and every band was loosed. So we can take that verse, not just in our faith building, but we can take that verse and proclaim it into our circumstances. We can visualize that happening in our own circumstances. That is a spirit of expectancy. But that It wasn't just an earthquake as we know it, because it it didn't just affect one group. The earthquake wouldn't cause the bands of the prisoners who were bound with it to fall off. It also caused the stocks on their feet to fall off, and the bands and the stocks fell off them. And remember? Remember what it says in Isaiah 10, 27? It tells about the anointing that breaks every yoke. This place of praise and prayer and expectancy and decreeing and declaring the word of the Lord and believing in God's ability to shake things up. This is the power of the corporate anointing. This is the power of the corporate anointing that Paul and Silas and others can have and did have. And this is the same thing that we can have as well. This power of this corporate anointing. I I can be anointed myself and lay hands on people. And a certain percentage of them can get healed. But the corporate anointing has a greater effect. 
One time I was preaching and it seemed like the wind went through the building. Every, everyone heard it. It was that fast. Every sinner in the building was saved. The backslider was reclaimed. Every person who didn't have the Holy Spirit sat there talking in tongues. Every sick person was healed. There was a woman who was lying down on a stretcher and she had been operated on six times and the doctor had said that there was no operating anymore. She had been given six months to live and four of those months were already gone and she looked like a picture of death just as a corpse wasted away. Nobody had prayed over her or touched her in the meeting, but yet that wind went through and she leaped off the stretcher and ran up the aisles, healed. There was another woman who thought she had been saved because she was a church member, but when the wind blew through, she got saved. She realized that she had been had not been saved forever she sat there talking in tongues and when she got home her physical ailments had disappeared i was back in that place holding a revival later and she said not only that but she also said that she had never touched another cigarette and i was amazed i thought that never occurred she got delivered of so many things that day. This is a corporate anointing. We're in the days. God wants us to believe and receive that we are in the days of uh, the corporate anointing, that we can do this, that we can gather in together. We're not a halfway step from it. We're here now. And in the Holy Spirit, this Rhema Word Training Center the, this is a place that we can begin to teach about the Holy Spirit within us and this new birth and the Holy Spirit that baptizes us and teaches us and leads us and guides us, transforms us, moves us. These are the days that as we gather together that God wants to move in such a mighty way that we would be dancing in spirit, that we would be proclaiming it would be like a Pentecost experience uh, that we would be um, like a mighty rushing wind would come in just like it did that day too many times people try to work up something in the flesh we need a holy holy spirit move of God that we need to be dancing in the Lord because holy spirit has stirred us and put the flesh away we need a new fresh breath of the Lord to bring a corporate anointing with healing and deliverance just like that account that we just read about did you ever notice that the place of praise in the Old Testament uh, these places of praise are a place of unity these places are uh, are a great demonstration of the unity and harmony that God wants us to have you know think about the how they did in the temple and how all the praisers and worshipers went before them there was a great unity there was an order of things and that order and that togetherness is where the corporate anointing goes so not only can we 
be united in praise and worship to God Almighty that he would inhabit our praises. The next thing we're going to be talking about is the united in prayer. So let's pray. Abba Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can be united in praise, that we can be united in a spirit of expectancy, that we can be united in understanding those images of the Old Testament as they gathered together in praise and worship on their way into the temple. And as they're in the temple, Lord, we can uh, ponder on those images of what happened in the upper room at Pentecost and how um, as they were praising and praying in the prison house, uh, Paul and Silas, that they were in one accord and that you inhabited their praises so much so that chains were broken, prison doors thrown open. Lord, we expect, we have a spirit of expectancy that you want to do that supernaturally again and again and again, that you would set people free from any type of emotional bondage, that you would throw open the prison doors of any type of mindset, Lord, that comes against your people, and that you would heal us, that we would be at free, that we would be free and at liberty in spirit without hindrance or blockage or bondage or captivity, O oh Lord. Help us, O oh God, to come together as a people as a congregation, as a nation of believers in Christ Jesus. Oh Lord, raise up your sons and daughters that we would be in one accord in praise and worship to you, oh God, and that you would begin to shake the foundations of our nation as we praise and lift up your name above every name. We thank you, God. We thank you that our praise to you, our praise and lifting up your name above every name, is so supernaturally charged with your power and your might and your dominion and your glory. In Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Amen. talk about the corporate anointing but you being united in prayer so let's look at another part in the new testament right now and this is an example of praying in unity and that's acts 13 and we're going to read verses 1 and 2 right now now there were in the church that was at ananach certain prophets and teachers and barnabas and simon that called Najir and Lucius of Syene and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod, Eteric, and Saul. And so they ministered to the Lord, they fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. These five men of God ministered to the Lord, they fasted, and brought the manifestation of the Spirit, and it brought forth a revelation. 
if we can find out how they prayed, and if we can look at that and see that we pray the same way, it'll produce these results. Before we answer that, let's look at it. Let's look at the second chapter of Acts, the 2020, 22nd chapter of Acts. So we just read in 13, but let's go to 22 in Acts and verse 17. And it came to pass that when I come again to Jerusalem, even while I have prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. So Paul was praying here and he was in a trance. He was His praying brought forth a manifestation of God's power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus appeared to him and spoke to him, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And that's Acts 22 verse 18. So the very next verse is the manifestation of God's message and warning. So when we come together in united prayer, it produces manifestations of God's revelation. You may get a vision, a word, an image, um, and that is a blessing. It is a blessing that we would hear from God like that. That's why, you know, sometimes you hear the word, don't forsake the gathering of the saints. Well, we want to pray together in one mind and one accord and, and it not be hindered, but that it be in the free flow of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding so that revelation can come. So how, how did Paul pray? I'm sure he prayed in his own language, but he gave us a little clue in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. So again, that's 1 Corinthians 14, 18. And when he said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than ye all. So a lot of times when I get together with the ladies that I pray with, we do that. We pray in tongues all together at the same time. And revelation comes and um, images come. And, uh, you know, we see things in the heavenlies. We get words of understanding and knowledge. Um and it's it's glorious and then we go into to praying about these things and that's that's what God wants to do he wants to be the lead and the guide um, and when we speak in tongues we speak a mystery we speak a mystery in which God uh, is the speaker and we just open our mouth and we allow him to fill that now it doesn't require that we always pray in tongues but this is something that we want to strive towards. In the writing of the church of Ephesus, he said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in spirit and watching thereunto with perseverance and supplication for all saints. Remember, we looked at Acts 4.23-24 earlier. I'm sure that some of uh, the people who were praying with their own understanding, but I'm sure that many of them were praying with their spirits as well. So what are we told about the interpretation of their voice? Did you notice that they lifted up their voices? I'm sure that many of them that were praying with other tongues, Paul, when he said, 
was praying in the temple and fell into a trance, prayed in the spirit as well as with his understanding, 1 Corinthians verse 14 through 15. It takes spirit praying to produce spirit results. And so that's part of the reason why um, when we get together with these ladies to pray, this prayer group, we like to pray in tongues first. Which to me is exactly what this writer, is, this teacher is, um, is showing us is that you sow into the spirit and prayer and the results are spiritual. But that does not take away from the importance of praying in our English tongue or our Spanish tongue or however we speak our, our primary language because there's great healing that comes with that within our brethren. So in Acts 13, when Paul and the others were ministering to the Lord, how do you suppose that they did that? Do you think that they did it in just regular prayer and praise or song? I mean, how to think about that? When we read it in, in Ephesians 5:19, it tells us speaking to yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's ministering to the Lord, isn't it? So in the midst of that, as we're praying in tongues, we're singing in tongues, we're praying in our regular language, we're singing in our regular language, we're ministering to God and, and, and we're also ministering to each other. And that is an orchestra of prayer and praise that is sweet smelling to the Lord. And that is so important. When I get together with um, these sisters in Christ and we pray, it's so very important that we're able to um, to not be hindered and to not have restraints when we get together. And it works out so well. People feel like they have freedom to pray and to sing and to let um, Holy Spirit uh, move. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for their outlook and understanding that concept. And I want to encourage each and every one that's listening to do the same. Let God lead. So let's go a step further now. Paul's writing to the church in Colossi and Colossians, and he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and abolishing, I'm sorry, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with your hearts, grace be in the Lord. And so singing to the Lord with the grace of the Lord, do you see that? We can minister not only to each other, but we can minister to the Lord. There's a song, I think, that Carrie Job sings. I forgot what the name of the song is, but in the song, one of the lyrics of it is she's saying, you love you love to hear me sing to you, Lord. And she's a psalmist, you know. She sings, but she also sings the word as well. And it was very encouraging to hear that. We have to minister to God and minister to one another. I'm sure that that's what they were doing here. And um, these instances that we're mentioning in Acts and Ephesians. 
they were speaking in psalms and hymns and singing to the Lord and ministering to Him. They were praying in their own language. They were praying in tongues. They were ministering to the Lord. They were fasting. The Holy Spirit spoke. I mean, you see, this kind of praying brings forth a manifestation of God's power and His Spirit. And so, sometimes... uh, you know, you go to a, a prayer group and everything's like, it's got to be a certain way and not everybody gets to pray and it's very ritualized and and not to say that God can't move in any circumstance because, you know, he can, he's God, right? But um, it's a good rule of thumb to, to, um, to let that free flow and to let other people pray along with you um, and, and learn and grow with the people that you're praying with because you learn a lot. You learn a lot from each person and you learn uh, their strengths and um, it's a blessing in the middle of prayer. It really, really is. As these five that we uh, were mentioning here ministered to the Lord and fasted, they were praying together. They were worshiping together too. This is something, there is something about this being united in prayer and being united in praise. There's something about worshiping God in unity. And I think that the Lord knew what he was doing when he sent his disciples out two by two. Jesus himself made the statement in Matthew 18, 19 that said that if two or more of you agree at touching one thing, that you... that they shall ask it shall be done of my father which is in heaven and it's a great encouragement to know that it's the God's good pleasure that he would give us our request in prayer and it also helps us to understand that prayer and praise is a great honor and it's a great experience with God and it's not to be cold and rigid or even ritualistic we want it to be from the heart we want it to be a deeply moving experience Um, and of course that by yourself it's easy to do that but when you're with other people um, you gotta let your hair down you gotta let Holy Spirit be the leading guide and get to know those people that you're praying with that one of the greatest things that you could do in growing and praying with other people is to have a prayer partner and then you begin to build trust and you begin to work and co-labor with other people in prayer and you just learn so many great things and so let's pray the next thing we're going to talk about is meetings so we've talked about the corporate anointing uh, being um, in unity and harmony in our praise and then we just talked about being in unity and harmony in our prayer. Well, next we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, these meetings that we have, these gatherings. But let's pray. Abba Father, we thank you. We thank you that we have a way to pray. We thank you that you've given us a way to minister to you, to minister to one another. Oh God, that we would be able to receive everything that you have to give, God. I thank you for giving us that mental picture of an orchestra, an orchestra, a musical um, 
medley and melody of song and prayer that we can have together as we gather in with sisters and brothers. Lord, I also thank you, God, that we can have freedom. We can have freedom and liberty in the midst of that prayer, that they would be unhindered, that that we would be able to flow together through Holy Spirit. See, Holy Spirit wants to wants to move about from one person to another and build upon that altar of praise and prayer, Lord. And so I ask and pray that you would teach us and search us, O oh God, that you would help us to um, trust in you and trust in the leaning and guidance of the Holy Spirit as we pray, Lord. We just want to please you, Lord, and we want to stand in the gap for each other, uh, our brothers and sisters, Lord. And we, we also want to see your glory. We, we love to see you moving mightily in the midst, Lord, because we love giving you the praise, the honor, and the glory. We know that yours is the power and the honor. Oh, God, we know that it's not by us, Lord, it's by the might of your spirit, oh, God. And we just love being your vessels and your children. And we just thank you for this um, wonderful teaching and study on this corporate anointing, Lord. We we just want to... We want to do this next section, and Lord, we ask that you bring it all together for us so that we can understand the big picture here. In Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray, amen. last part here is uh, a meeting in the Lord, this gathering and assembling in the Lord in unity and harmony. And we ought to expect that when we come together in one mind and one accord, in one spirit, that out will come a manifestation of the Lord. We've talked about the corporate anointing, and we've talked about that corporate unity in praise, and that unity also in prayer and so we would expect to see him working in the midst we would accept and expect him to teach us and lead us and guide us we expect that God would minister to us and that we would be anointed and that we would begin to see even greater responsibility as members of a house and a body in God and how that looks and how we can function together. God wants us to be able to um, not clash when we work together, when we pray, when we sing together. You know, when you see two waves coming in towards one another at the same time, they clash. But when there is a harmony in it, one wave moves in and another wave moves in and and they time it perfectly and there is a harmony 
with those waves coming in and they don't clash but there is a gentleness and a flow that comes about in those waves and that's the way that God wants us to operate with our brothers and sisters that we would allow Holy Spirit to be the melody of our praise and our prayer and um, part of that growth and that learning process is being good listeners and watching to see what the Lord is doing. Sometimes it requires us to, to listen and to be, to be still. And other times it requires us to be bold and to speak forth. And that comes with discernment. But this is what God wants. He wants us to be a house that can work together and not be um, jealous or pushy or wanting to be the leader but that we would work together and it not be any type of um, race or fight but that it would be an experience and so I want to end this podcast today with a prophecy that um, the gentleman shares that has to do with the corporate anointing And so I just want to read it, and I pray that you would just receive, um, receive this, and allow the Lord to do what He wants to do with uh, what we've been over today, and change whatever it is that needs to be changed in the midst of our co-laboring and praying and praising with our brothers and sisters. So here we go. And it's called... He just called it prophecy. We're moving up now into the things of God, I heard the Spirit say. There will come further revelation all these lines, but it has to come line upon line, precept upon precept, and as it comes, men and women will flow with the Spirit, and there will be such a manifestation my power, my glory, my spirit, my anointing. And in these days, in the decade in which you live, that I will startle men. Now many who are on the fringes of the move of God will draw back and say, Ah, that's fast. That's fantastic. Now we can go with that. We believe in doing things in such a nice manner. Never, never, never will we feel resentment towards others who may criticize you or who may speak against you. Never allow the bit of resentment or ill will or bad feelings to walk on. But walk in love. Walk in the power. Walk in the spirit. Walk on with the Lord, and he'll come to thee and manifest himself unto thee, and it will be even written in the holy scriptures that is coming unto us shall be as the rain, and so the Holy Ghost will fall, and the power of God will be in the manifestation, and great shall be the reward thereof, and many shall be blessed and great and good days stand ahead, walk on ye, yea, shall ye see, for the glory of the Lord shall appear unto thee, but most will move with the Spirit, and will acknowledge 
there are miracles happening over there. I guess God shall just had just saw fit to have mercy on them. But no, no, they saw fit to flow with God. They saw fit to go with God. They, for he is at work on earth tonight and he indwells his body, which is in his church, with is in the house of God and his glory will fill the temple. Many will say, I just don't go along with those, those sayings. We have a pretty good church here, but put, but God has put his approval upon us. But yea, says the Lord of hosts, I only put my approval upon which the lines of my word get into the word and let the spirit open the word to you. And now only unto your mind, get the revelation of it in your spirit and your spirit will be more alive unto the things of God, and he, through your spirit, will be able to teach you, to admonish you, and to direct you. Praise God. That was beautiful. So we're going to read Psalms um, 100, and we're going to read Psalms 133. So we're going to do 133 first. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version, just so you know which one I'm reading it from. It's going to be worded just a little bit different than the King James Version. The excellence of brotherly unity, Psalms 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity, It's like the precious oil of consecration poured on the head, coming down on the beard, even the beard of Aaron, coming down on the edge of his priestly robes, consecrating the whole body. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon coming down the hills of Zion, for there the Lord has committed the blessing, life forevermore. Praise God. Now we're going to read Psalms 100. All men exhorted to praise God. Psalms 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all you earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Come before his presence with joyful singing. Know and fully recognize with gratitude that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves, and we are his. We are the people in his, the people and the sheep in his pasture. Enter into his gates with a song of thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless and praise his name. For the Lord God is good and his mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. So let's pray before we go about all the stuff that we talked about today. This unity, this corporate blessing. Abba Father, we thank you. We thank you for this prophetic poem and prophecy that was given today that we shared and we listened to and we heard. Oh God, we receive it in the name of Jesus. 
Oh God, we thank you for Psalms 100, that we would be entering into your presence in a a spirit of praise and thanksgiving. Oh God, that we would lift up that sacrifice to you as we enter in. And Lord, we thank you for Psalms 33 that reminds us that it's a commanded blessing that as we are unified in your spirit, O God, that you anoint us like you did the high priest. You consecrate us and set us apart in that place of unity, O Lord. We're excited. We are excited about what you want to do in our life, O Lord. So we thank you for teaching us, guiding us, leading us, directing us, O God, about what it is to be a part of this corporate anointing, O Lord, and how vital our prayer life is and as we gather in with other people to pray, and how vital our praise is, O God, that you would inhabit those praises and that we would be in unity and harmony one with another, O God. And as we meet and gather together, that it's not a place of jealousy or fighting, but it's a place of learning and growing and being together, God. We thank you that you have already made that way for us, Lord. You've already shown us uh, the tools that we need to have in making that happen, Lord. And so we just surrender ourselves to you, God, in that place of growth that we have with our brothers and sisters we want to see the manifestation of your glory we want to receive the revelation in the name of Jesus we want the dreams and the visions and and the trances and those experiences of visitation oh God from you in the midst of our gatherings Lord we glorify you we exalt you and we thank you God for every good and rich thing that you give. Lord, your word says that everything comes down from the Father of lights, and you are full of goodness. We thank you, Lord, that we are covered by the blood of our King and our Savior, who day by day washes us clean, brings us to a place of repentance, opens our eyes and ears and the door of our heart, sups with us as we read the word, Lord. Oh, God, we thank you for this daily walking and talking in your kingdom with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we have a spirit of expectancy to learn and grow and mature in your spiritual house. In Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Amen.